0: Everybody, welcome back to the Chasing Sunday podcast. I'm your host, Brian Davis. Thank you for uh, hanging in there while we took a little bit of a break for the holidays. Hope you enjoyed uh, those first six episodes that we put out. Had some uh, some great guests. Got some good feedback uh, from from you, our listeners. Um, as always, uh, it's really helpful uh, to us if you uh, if you subscribe. Um, To chasing Sunday, and uh, and also, um, yeah, if you could leave a review on uh, on Apple Podcasts, uh, that would be awesome. Um, yeah, so uh, man, I hope that you had a wonderful holiday season. Uh, that Christmas in a pandemic. Uh, wasn't too uh, wasn't too stressful or depressing uh, for you, um, and uh, and also uh, that this new year has started off great uh, for you at at, uh, at your church, um, uh, and that uh, yeah you feel some some fresh hope and, and a refreshed. After the holiday season. Um, yeah, we've got uh, some great guests lined up for this next run of, uh, of episodes here uh, at Chasing Sunday. And we're going to kick it off uh, with uh, my good friend, Mark Grutus. Uh, he's the worship leader down at Journey Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. Uh, just a great guy. We met uh, three or four years ago. Um, and he's just one of those guys who just, he exudes passion, uh, he exudes humor, and just this, uh, this love for, for life and for God and for the church and for worship that really is infectious. Um, and I, can I say infectious uh, during a pandemic? Anyway, I just did. So, um, yeah, I think you're really going to be encouraged by uh, by what Mark has to say and by his story. Um, but he also has a really great uh, he has a great way of relating to his teams. So, if you're having trouble uh, figuring out how to relate to your your volunteers and your musicians, um, and and your 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 team members, um, this is this is I think going to be a good episode for you because Mark is uh, just a, a master at relating. Relating to and loving his team. And so, um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode of Chasing Sunday. I'll be back uh, after Mark and I are done talking uh, to give you a few more details and and uh, let you know where you can find out more about his ministry and about what's going on at Journey Church. But enjoy uh, Chasing Sunday podcast, episode seven with Mark Rudis. All right, Mark Grutas. Hey, hey! <laughs> Welcome to the Chasing Sunday podcast. Thank you so much for uh, for jumping on and and uh, being part of this uh, this little little thing that I'm doing. So uh, Man,
1: so good to see you, bud. And thanks yeah. for having me.
0: Yeah, you bet. It's uh, it's good to see you too. Um, we are uh, we're recording this is mid January, so we're still in pandemic times. So we haven't actually seen each other for face to face for quite some time which is unfortunate um, but uh but yeah so um you are the your role as worship leader worship pastor what's your what's your official title down at journey um
1: yeah they call me basically whatever they want to but i'm I'm the pastor <laughs> at yeah journey church down there in Castle Rock
0: okay all right all right, yeah. So, um, a great church. You guys are doing some some really cool things down there, and and uh, I've been, uh, it's been an honor to to lead down there for you from time to time, and and uh, just thanks for, for trusting me with that. But um, yeah, I in 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 knowing you for what we've known each other like three four years something like that. Not long enough, but yeah, no. I think
1: it's about three years. Yeah. <laughs> Not
0: long enough. Give it some time, and you'll be thinking like I've known that guy. <laughs> <laughs> just a little too long um, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome but in, in the time that I've known you you know hearing hearing your story about ministry but also seeing the way that you interact with your church particularly with your teams and stuff like that um, I just thought like you you would be the the perfect guest to have on to 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 share your story because I feel like it could really be encouraging to a lot of cool. worship leaders and and especially um, yeah like I said the way that you the way that you treat your folks, um, is is really great and, and you're you've got a like infectious almost to the point of being annoying positive attitude, which is just uh just great. And so um so yeah, I would just love for you to to speak some encouragement into the lives of worship leaders, um and and whoever else ends up listening to this. But um, but yeah I'd love to hear uh, a little bit of your uh, your story your uh, your pathway through ministry to where you started to where you are and and uh, yeah feel free to to just drop some of that on us.
1: Oh buddy thank you man again it's so awesome to be on here with you uh-huh. um, I, I think I tell you this every time you come down and you and you lead for me um, I get I get like a slew of emails in my inbox who was that guy? He's so dude? good He's so us. He's so like, can you not come back? Can you just what's his uh, number? What's no, his
0: number? uh
1: dude, why have we never why have we never like led together? Oh. We gotta get that going.
0: We do need to get that going. Like you yeah. What are
1: doing? I don't know. I don't know it would be too much fun.
0: Well you're in you're in charge down there. Come
1: on, man. You can you can make it happen. That's a good, that's a, that's a fair point. Yeah.
0: Sir. So I, I'm putting that squarely on your shoulders, man. Um, <laughs> I'll
1: get, I'll get right on.
0: I'm just sitting around waiting. Like when's Mark going to call me? When's Mark <laughs> going to call me? Oh, man, We'll do
1: some things that'll be, that'll be annoyingly infectious. Yeah, sure. There you, go. you, put, there you um, go. Buddy, thanks for asking where it all started for me. I, I, um, I'd have to take you all the way back. Like my ministry journey, I, we go all the way back to like ninety, ninety eight. 98. I was graduating from Oklahoma Baptist University in Shawnee, Oklahoma, hmm. and uh, had made a transition out of, you know, the degree program that I started in uh, the first couple of years, transitioned actually into an applied ministries kind of religion degree. Okay. And then I I guess the way that works is somehow when you're about to graduate from OBU in Oklahoma, like every church in the state gets your name and number somehow and they start calling you for jobs wow so i uh i ended up at uh the first baptist church of carnegie oklahoma down by lawton fort sill okay and there'd be no reason for you to know where that is right no
0: i know where tulsa is and i know where oklahoma city is because those are yeah. the only two those i think those are the only two towns in in oklahoma um they really where, are where like the pioneer woman, wherever she, wherever, wherever she, she out, Yeah. That's so, right.
1: Yeah. yeah. So yeah. okay. See just just Southwest down to the Southwest corner. And I was hired okay. there. Um, I was hired there, uh, by, uh, Dr. Arthur Blunt, uh, just one of the best men I've ever known in my life. Mm. He actually recently passed this year and oh, no. he was very, very sad. Um, um, to lose him, but he hired me. He wasn't very smart at the time. I mean, he hired me to be their student pastor <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't, that just was, that was just a terrible decision oh. on his, part, to be honest with you. But it, it was, we learned so much. We had an amazing time well, somewhere along the way. God was kind enough in my first few years to, uh, uh, to make me aware of, of, of how that wasn't it for me. Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, um we we formed a band though along the way um and uh did a little bit of kind of like what you what you've done in your journey the the sort of itinerant the traveling the going and leading youth events and camps and Mm -hmm. discipleship weekends we were really all over oklahoma texas arkansas missouri that kind of that kind of area and um yeah, and that was really the beginning of of my love affair with 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 worship and leading in that capacity, and um, that took me then. Two thousand and three actually got actually got hired for the first time as a worship pastor, and that was by Lake Hills Church in Austin, Texas.
0: Okay.
1: and so we went from went from Oklahoma down there, and and man, um, that was just an incredible. I was there from the time I was about twenty. 27 until until like 36 years old.
0: Oh wow! And I would
1: probably say, man, that honestly, that was that was that was one of the most intense kind of seasons of like of like church ministry for me. Sure. Like that where it went from like small town Oklahoma. Like at any at any point in the day, my pastor could just walk into my office and say, "Hey, let's go get corn dogs at the gas station." Right. <laughs> we didn't have anything better to do. <laughs> um to to all of a sudden we're at we're at like this this mega church and fastest growing church in texas for three years just Mm. stupid crazy things happening wow and i just i just had to learn how to first how to just grow up Mm -hmm. Uh, grow up get out of the way be humble and listen a lot and it it was awesome man i wouldn't trade it for anything sure
0: Yeah. yeah what did what would you say that growing up in into ministry what would you say that looked like for you like what it unpack that that phrase just a little bit more for me because that's something that um that paul and i at torn curtain are starting to get a little bit more traction on and a little bit more interested in is this idea of of ministry maturity and 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 kind of growing into your job um as opposed to you know just again not to bring up the title of the the podcast but you know instead of just chasing sundays like taking that time to actually grow and and grow up you know what did that what did that look like for you what were some of the maybe some of the experiences or things that sort of triggered that that maturity uh in your heart and in your life
1: yeah wow that's that's a great question well i mean i guess if i i moved there when i was about 20 gosh 26 or 27 right and uh so I mean, I didn't even have a fully developed brain yet, right? <laughs> right. So it's like there's that.
0: Well, you're still um, waiting for that. So that's, that's
1: true. Here I am, forty five. <laughs> When's that gonna happen, Brian? Um, <laughs> uh, soon, I hope. Gosh. I, I think uh, you know. I think the big thing was you know when you're you know you were probably how old were you when you were leading worship? I mean, you were in your young twenties when you started, right? Uh, you know,
0: you I, yeah, I started at like 18, 19
1: yeah yeah so so there's something you know there's a dangerous there's dangerous intoxication that the stage brings yeah um and and i i for one am definitely a story of not navigating it very well in in my younger years Mm -hmm. um you know you start to believe that you know you start to believe that you know a lot and you really don't Mm -hmm. i look back on you know my time in, in, you know, in early worship ministry when I was young and just, just having to learn how to, to how to submit to, to people's leadership. And yeah. like really in my heart, mm. not just like nod, not nod in a meeting room and then walk out the door. So that was dumb, you know, right. but like really in my heart, just submit and yeah. take the posture of a learner. Right. Um and 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 get and get comfortable, you know, get comfortable having someone look you in the eye and say, "Why'd you do that? Mm. Why do you say that? Why'd you pick that song? Yeah. What you know?" Those those things, I think, when when I was young, they they created really really uncomfortable moments, and I didn't I didn't welcome them. Right. And my time in Austin, I I learned over the years, um, again through a very driven, um, but gracious mm. senior pastor. Mm-hmm. I really learned how to, uh, how to welcome those moments. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Especially when you're young and, and I was just writing about this the other day. Like, yeah, I, I right out of college was when I got my first like full time, uh, you know, worship ministry position. And like, I knew it all you know, like, why, why would you, why would you question me? Like, I just went to school for this, you know, and that, you know, that those questions, they just, they bump up against your ego. And it just like, it creates this, this horrible, you know, like you said, this like not only intoxicating feeling, but it's very toxic as well. Like this is the longer you hang on to that and, and hang on to that idea of like, you know what? This is my job. Like you hired me to do this. Like why would you question what I'm doing here? And and you just forget that the the people that are you you know usually in leadership over you or in leadership alongside of you, they have this wealth of knowledge that you don't have yet, you know? Like yeah, sure. I could, I could give you my, you know, my philosophy of ministry and my philosophy of worship and my, you know, all these great ideas. And I could, at one point, I, I, I had copyright information memorized. Like I could tell you the copyright dates of any delirious song, you know, that that you wanted to know. And like, that,
1: Fitt, baby, yeah,
0: dude, yeah. And most of them, <laughs> you know, at least the ones that I was leading were all copyright 1997. Um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, copyright 1997 by curious question mark UK the <laughs> administrated the mark by BMI. Backwards. That's right. The question mark backwards. Yeah. Oh, they were, they were so edgy though. Like, um, man, so guys, edgy. I
1: still well, look hilarious, but yeah, on, I love what you just said, because that, that was, that was really the only other thing that I was going to kind of say in terms of the learning season was, you know, when you, when you have all this what you think is the right information in your, mm-hmm. in your head, yep. right? Hey man, I went to school for this and, right. and, uh, you know, you, you've asked me to do this, you know, that right. type of thing. Well, every time, you know, every time, um, either one of your teammates and one of the other pastors that you serve alongside with your mate, your senior pastor, you know, says something that contradicts your opinion. Mm-hmm. Now you have, I mean, it incites a riot in your head, right? Oh, yeah. all of a sudden this tension, this dissonance is, is internal and it's in there. Yep. And I think that can be, that can actually be a life changing thing. And and that's what, and I guess that's what I began to embrace and it took Mm. a lot of years. I'm just being really honest with you, man. So, so many times of not managing that internal tension properly Mm -hmm. But over time, you learn to go somewhere with that tension, yeah. right? And instead of trying to come up with the answer myself, um, I, I just learned to to become a more trusting person, trusting of yeah. people, trusting of the wisdom, like you said, yeah. that was around me, and really just trusting of God. Yeah, trust, leaning into Him, and saying, "Lord, what do I do with this?" Because I don't agree. I don't. This doesn't right. make sense. Yeah. And I think any time that we can trust the Spirit to. To help us manage the dissonance that we feel inside, we're only going to grow.
0: Right. Well, and there's a ton of dissonance in in that argument, too, of like, well, I went to school for this. I know all these things. You hired me. But then at the same time, you know, we'll stand on stage and be like, God leads us where he wants <laughs> us. And God does what, you know, it's like, so yep. did I. I do this on my own or was right. I really put in this position by something that was outside of my control? And, and it's yep. so, yeah, I think when you, when you get to that place, do you, do you think that it's something that a, you know, like you say, you're 20, you know, 26, 27, I was 18, 19 years old when, you know, when, when we started in ministry, is that something that you think someone in their, let's just say early to mid twenties, can actually can actually grasp when they first start? Or is it something that just has to be like, uh, is it just one of those like horrible experiences that has to be learned, you know, and, and sort of beaten into you by experience?
1: I think probably the latter mm. most of the time. I mean, I, I mean, you could probably count on one hand, right? The number of times you've met a 22 year old dude in particular. Right. Um, That just got it, yeah. I I actually, I'm sitting here trying to think of even one 22 year old dude. I know I wasn't one of them.
0: (laughs) I was. I can (laughs) I can think of one, and and he's actually someone that I'm gonna have on, hopefully have on the podcast uh, here soon. But definitely um, have podcast. Yeah, he was he was just one of those guys where uh you know from the moment that he he walked into audition when i was at when i was at flat irons and and he came in and he's just one of those dudes that you know like you get this like you you are this is what you were made for and you can't get away from it like and 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 he would even say the same yeah he would say the same thing like yeah Yeah. no i if i could do anything else i would but this is, this yeah. is it. and, and he, that attitude has served him well through his time in ministry. Um, and, and not to say that he did it perfectly the whole time. I'm sure he would say even like, yeah, oh gosh, I screwed up so many times. Um, and let that, you know, let that ego and, and all that kind of stuff yeah. get in the way of it. But, but yeah, it's, it's surprisingly few that, that I can look at and say like, yeah. oh yeah, this is, this is, uh, you're, you're, you're a good one. Not to say that the ones that that are fighting against those things are bad worship leaders or they're never going to make it in ministry or anything like that, um, but yeah, it, it is something that you have to. It's 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 a field that you have to walk through that is not pleasant, and
1: yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I always think you know when we're talking about the generation that's going to follow us, um, and our heart to. Uh, our heart to encourage them and, mm-hmm. and to equip them and to really to love them um, through, you know, what I, what I kind of believe is one of the harder, one of, one of the harder cities or mm-hmm. sorry, harder. Well, yeah, cities for one, our city is hard. yeah um, We worship in because mm-hmm. there is a, there is a, a bit of a cloud that hangs over our city at times, you know, sure. there's just really an oppression that we're always having to pray through and battle through and mm-hmm. war through. Um, but a season. Like this is a, this is a difficult time to be a worship leader. Mm -hmm. Um, It really is. And I always think, I always think, you know, when, when we come across a 20 year old, 22 year old, just a young person, man or woman who really, who really believes that it's what they're supposed to do. Right. That's. I mean that that is there's always hope then after that. Yeah. Like if someone can look you in the eye right Brian and and with deep conviction and you mm-hmm. believe them when right. they say I am supposed to lead God's church yep. in sacred moments of seeking him and honoring him yep. that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like if they come to the table with the how that's a bonus mm-hmm. when they're young yep. like if they feel deeply that it's what they're supposed to do that is that. And it's like, we'll run with you. If they already know how that's a, that's a bonus. Mm-hmm. And if they also know why, yeah, then that's a unicorn.
0: Right. 20- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <So. laughs> oh man. That is, that's gold right there. Uni- unicorn worship leaders. So I'm going to, I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, didn't mean to, to derail you too much from your story, um, but uh, that was that was all good stuff. Loved it. So you're you're at Lake Hills. You're there for it sounds like nine years. If I'm doing math yeah. correctly, yeah. which I'm not good at, and that's an eternity for a worship leader. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so you're there for nine years. Kind of talk talk about that sort of yeah when you felt that you were being. Sort of led away from from that nine year sure. that nine year stretch at Lake Hills where you learned so much.
1: Yeah, thanks for asking that. It's it's really kind of a, a cliche. It felt like a, it felt like an all good things must come to an end moment. Mm. Um, it it just it was a season in in my life where I knew I knew there was something around the next corner that was that was really big. Mm. Uh, and i but i didn't know what it was um mm. at the time a dear friend of mine uh, his name's jonathan branch you know him mm. uh we were we were serving together at the same church we were playing music making music together leading worship together and we had an opportunity multiple years to go to to go to uganda oh wow and, and so we 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 went like four straight years and got to participate in some really incredible things over there. And I think that was, that was really the first time in my life where, where all the, all the borders just got pushed way out, mm. you know? So, so this, maybe this little two lane, two lane highway that I had already always kind of operated in and, and thought God kind of resided right in here. And this is where he wanted me. I mean, that just got blown yeah, way out here. Ugh. And, and so that's not, that that necessarily meant that i was feeling like well man am i supposed to like drop everything go be a missionary are we supposed to move our family to uganda it wasn't it wasn't really that type of conversation it was just now there was this yearning and longing to turn the next corner in my life and walk into whatever the next season was that i really felt was going to be new and therefore big and hard and challenging and for whatever reason i didn't I didn't feel like I could stay where I was. Mm. I felt like I felt like I had to go. Yeah. And so yeah, so we so we went. Mm. Um left our church on on great terms and and with nothing but just love and great feelings and yeah. um which doesn't always happen and No. Nope. Yeah, and, and then moved to really moved straight to straight to Denver in the, in the fall of yeah, October of
0: 2011. Okay. And, and did you, I mean, what were your, yeah, what well, what, why Denver, first of all? And, and what, yeah, what were you kind of looking for here? Was there some, you know, was there another church that had contacted you? What was, why Denver? Yeah.
1: It was really a church planting initiative. We, we came up to help start a church. Um, uh, we met, do you know Dennis Jeffrey in town? Have you ever? I've heard the met? name. Yeah, so he used to be um, the superintendent, the director of a church planting network called the River Conference. Okay, River Conference has always been affiliated with the Free Methodist Association, and just a really, just a really powerful man, spirit-filled, mm. genuine um, organization of, of of planting churches. Yeah just no, no BS, no, just it's, man, we, we love God. We want more people to know God yeah. and, and we need more churches. Yeah. That's, it was really simple. And we, we had a mutual friend that connected us. And, um, I mean, to this day, I, I will, I would just say that that is, that is one of the most influential people and friendships that ever came into my life. And I mean, That's I'll great. say that forever. And Jeffrey to this day is just is just been like a beacon mm. of of hope light. We're gonna have to make sure that you meet him. You would love that dude. Oh sure. Um, that's really what kind of he was living in Denver. The River Conference was um, in essence kind of based out of Denver because because he directed it, and okay. so that that played a huge huge part in us feeling like we should yeah we should move up this way.
0: Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So you yeah. come up here to in a church and yeah. and then what because that uh, so i'm you know i lead worship at new denver church um and they they came out here from georgia um the the founding pastors did uh to plant a church and and one of the first things that one of the pastors out here told them is well you know that denver is where churches go like where church planters go to die right um and you know real encouraging it was real great um they
1: Man, they up.
0: yeah oh i just it's a, such a warm fuzzy um but you know you know here here we are you know 10 11 years later still you know still kicking um so yeah denver to plant a church where supposedly church planters go to die uh how yeah. did how did the uh how did the church plant go
1: yeah, well, I came up here and died. <laughs> what, what happened? So, thanks for asking. Yeah, German. you
0: bet. That was, that was just the worst yeah. setup I probably could have ever given. <laughs> like, so, so where's where's that church now, Mark?
1: Mm? Where do you... Mm? Yeah. Dude, so, you said this was going
0: to be fun. I know. I'm so sorry. That was just awful of me.
1: My goodness, man. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, I would love to
0: hear what happened with your experience in, in planting a church in Denver. Let's go with
1: that. Yeah. And it was, Oh my gosh, it was crazy. We were up here. It, it was, it was really so good for, for a year yeah. or so we were up here and we just felt like we had, we had good people around us. And, you know, we only came up here with, with three adults mm. and, and and three kids or three yeah. kids, but, we uh we kind of just started meeting people and meeting homes as as quickly as we could we really did have a heart to to um to just serve the poor we had a heart really to really draw near to need in in the heart of the city and so we 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 started picking up the phone we started calling everyone we could to just kind of kind of find out hey what you know where where and how is denver broken um how can we start to meet the people and the families and the couples that are, that are just serving in, in at-risk areas and are, are are really, really turning their face towards need. Hmm. And so it was a, it was kind of a beautiful season. Like you, you've walked through seasons like that and you still do where, where you're always amazed at who you meet yep. through that type of activity. Yeah and and i've just i will never cease to be amazed at what god does in connecting people um who are of one heart and mind yeah Uh, it it just seemed like there was from 2011 through 2013 it seemed like everybody we met we liked yeah and which was so strange for me because prior to that i was like everybody i meet i don't like at all um Like when you're around the church, right? Is that harsh to say? Like when you grew up in the church and around the church, you're like, why, why do all these people suck? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm
0: also an introvert. So I'm like, I'm just already predisposed to just thinking like, oh, you're, oh, I don't nope, I'm good. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to my studio and and just be by myself for a little while. If that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah the, but, the yeah the when when misanthropes get into ministry it's yeah maybe uh, maybe that'll be the title of my book but um but yeah you're right like it is hard to find people that you genuinely uh, you know and i don't want to say universally like sometimes it is difficult to find people that you genuinely like you know and when that happens it's it's really kind of inspiring and and i think the great things end up happening as a result you know like there there's um you know there's just that yeah that synergy that that happens when when people genuinely get along and they're not just like you know playing good christians and being nice to you know being nice to each other just because they have to be you know yeah
1: Uh, yeah no No doubt we experienced that we got to really taste some goodness there um you know early on i was introduced to um, to Hugh Halter, who at the time was pastoring a dullum. Okay. Um and and that was also really influential in my life. We, mm. you know, I get to read his book, The Tangible Kingdom, and, and uh, he had a primer, kind of a study okay. that went that called The Tangible Kingdom Primer. We decided early on to really kind of adopt that as sort of like our mantra and curriculum, yeah. if you will, for uh, for how we wanted to build our small group and yeah. how we wanted to do life uh, missionally. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, and, and Hugh now is a dear friend, him and his wife, Cheryl, his family, we just absolutely love him to death. Um, yeah. And the, but, but I think that was huge. You know, that, that really kind of gave us the rails that we ran on for a couple sure. of years. And, and once we had committed ourselves to that, it really was, a, it was a beautiful season. It was a beautiful season. We, we, you know, we'd look around the living room and see 20, 30 people. Hmm. And, uh, you know, again, not to be a jerk, but you, you've, you've been in small group situations where you work. you look around that living room and you kind of see two or three people and be like gosh I wish they'd stop coming you know <laughs> we're, we're looking across, and they're probably thinking the same thing about me I wish this guy had moved back to Texas
0: but um, yeah if I if I yeah. ever look around if I ever look around a room and feel like I'm the most like stable normal person here that's a huge red flag.
1: <laughs> so true, but we would look around that room and be like, "Oh my goodness, you got to be kidding me!" Like I, I, I love all these people, and I like all of them.
0: Oh. Uh,
1: and to this day, still so many dear friends, even after they dissolved the church. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So for for a couple years, we just ran hard. Yeah. And and I think you know now obviously I can look back on, on that season and be more reflective and, and with a little bit more understanding and discernment, know kind of really what happened to me, if you will. Yeah. But just in essence ran, ran really, really hard and, and, and just didn't pay attention to my soul and my Mm. heart Mm -hmm. nearly enough. Mm. And, um, and so, yeah, um, yeah, relationships began to break down and, and, uh, I ended up you know to be to be candid ended up in 2014 and in the middle of a, like a, sep- a separation from mm-hmm. my wife it's just the culmination of a lot of pain and a lot of hurt yeah. and a lot of neglect um yeah. of my own of my own heart um yeah. for a lot of years D- you know dating dating way back into my 20s just that neglect to yeah. the soul care, yeah um came Came to the came to the forefront, kind of came fully to the surface there sure. about about three years after moving up here.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, you know. I, I that's that's something that that you know we, at Torn Curtain we really try to. That's a, that's a problem that we have identified and something that one of the reasons that our ministry exists is just to be able to, you know, help help worship leaders in particular, you know avoid that trap of just like, you know, yeah, it is again, I'll go back to your, you know, your phrase, that dangerous intoxication of, of being in ministry and being on stage and being, you know, playing the songs that everybody likes on Sunday morning and doing that thing. And you all of a sudden, not, I not all of a sudden over time. Yeah, yeah. You are neglecting these parts of your soul. You're neglecting your own spiritual practices. You're neglecting, your family, you're neglecting the people that you love most for the adoration of a room full of strangers, you know, and, yeah. and all these little, there's these little deaths that happen every single Sunday until all nope. of a sudden it hits crisis mode. And, and you're like, Oh shit. Like here, here, it yeah. go. like it's just all going to yeah. start crumbling down. And yeah. that's, that's the thing we want to help worship leaders avoid. Um, what you know as you as you move forward in ministry because you're doing it I mean basically perfectly now um, what kinds of what kinds of steps did you take um, as, as you identified that problem how does ministry now look different for you than it did then?
1: well you know if you if you'd have told me five years ago Brian that um, that if I just made this shift from, from neglecting the soul mm-hmm. to caring for the soul, mm-hmm. that it would radically change the game. Mm. If you told me that, I mean literally said it will, it will change everything. Yeah. It will, it will breathe life, like true authentic life into you and everything you touch and everybody you come in contact with. I I probably just wouldn't have understand understood what you were saying. Right. I mean that's how disconnected I was from my own heart. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, there's a degree where you know I sit there and I say that to you with a heavy heart. Sure. Right. Um, but it's but it's the it's the greatest lesson that that I've been able to learn so far in, in my life. Right. And I hope there are, are better lessons that come. You know. Yeah. Uh, but but that is that is to this day. That is the lesson that, that the Lord had to just, had to just get through to me that like, you cannot just, you cannot just go through the motions of ministry. Right. And I know that's cliche and we've heard right. it said it a thousand times, but it really is so true. Yeah. Like it was only, I mean, it was only cliche until it was actually exactly what was happening to me.
0: Right. I, oh, yeah. I know. I know. Right. And, and I, I, I feel like the current, the current culture of ministry, uh, you know, really, really kind of sets us up for failure in a way, because, because there's so much, uh, you know, so much is focused on the other, like creating this experience for everyone else like we have to create this environment that invites people in we have to have sermons that you know that really kick ass and are relevant but are also you know scripturally and theologically deep and we have to like it's all it's all focused outward like everything that we do is all supposed to be focused outward and oh, yeah, by the way, just make sure that you're still reading your Bible and doing this devotional. And, and, you know, if you have time to join a small group, you know, do that. But really, the most important thing for the people on the staff at this church is to pour everything that they have into, like I said before, this room full of strangers, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and there's so little done for, you know, Like, and, and this is, this is some head trash that I've had to get rid of myself and I'm still working on it is, is like this idea of self care and creating rhythms for yourself and taking care of your own heart and your own soul, you know, for the longest time in, in the tradition that I grew up in, you know, anything that was related to the self was new age bullcrap, you know, it was all like just this woo woo, like, you know, nope, that's, that's all new age. You can't like, it's not about, it's not about you. It's about, you know, it's about Jesus and it's about the world. And man, I you look through scripture and you see how many times Jesus went off to be by himself, to take care of himself and to, to re refocus on his relationship with his father. And, 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 and those kinds of things, like the, it, it's just such a lie that you have to completely forget yeah. yourself and your own spiritual health and, and yeah. your own physical health and your own mental health in order to minister effectively. That is, ah, that it's yeah. so harmful. And I just, I see that over yeah. and over and over again. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm sick of it. And, and I would love to see that change, but man, and
1: that's, and that's why you're doing amazing things. Cause I yeah. mean, I think you have to revolt. Um, And that's, that's really all there is to it. You you have to, you have to just say how long, you know, how long are we going to tolerate the church not being a safe place for people? Right. That's how long, like, at what point do we say, no, it has to be because if it's, it's, if it's the expression of God's heart for the world, right? And if yep. the church is Christ's bride, then then we should embody who He is. I mean, and I mean, David in the Psalms, right? Described his God as a safe place. Yeah, I mean, it's yep. just the most beautiful thing. Yeah. And you hear you hear words of Jesus that kind of echo that. Hey, take take my yoke upon you. It's easy. Yeah. Right. A lot. Just align with me. Yeah. It's easy. You'll find rest. Yeah. These are things. Why. Why did the church never make me feel for so many years <laughs> like I was at rest? Right. right? No. Why, right. Did, why did my church never make me feel like I was at peace? Now yep. we can't get too caught up in like playing the blame game. Oh, sure. Because part of our growth and part of my growth was right. was really turning that microscope back on myself sure. and realizing, oh wow, because because it's actually my responsibility, right. not my truth. No, it's my. Re- Responsibility to trust Jesus, right, and actually, and to actually take refuge in Him,
0: right. Well, and um, and and yeah, also to to generate, you know, generate healthy boundaries for for yourself
1: and for your life. Knows. Right. So, what
0: what is you know, about? Something. Did I, I I'm did I say it correctly? I'm not sure if I'm if I'm pronouncing okay. it right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just to create some some healthy space for that relationship with your savior to develop, you know, for right. yourself. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it it is easy to blame the institution and, and, and they, they certainly have their share of it to carry. You know, I think that there are just some things that are, that, that are just a part of that church culture of just running after, you know, all this stuff with reckless abandon that doesn't help, but it does start earlier on, you know, where, like, where, where do i like where am i going to draw the line and say yeah no this is this is where I'll this is how far i'm going to go and then i need to i need to rest i need to to have restoration and nobody's like that's the place nobody's helping anybody
1: learn that kind of stuff you know and so yeah um, i agree And the flip side of that coin then becomes really beautiful right mm -hmm. because if because if 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 broken churches are just the summation of broken leaders, mm-hmm. right? Then, then we know that that like healthy, hope-filled churches mm-hmm. are are the summation of hopeful leaders. Yeah, like 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 leaders who have taken the time to care for their heart, their soul, who have found refuge in Christ, who have actually looked into the into the face of God and said, "You are my safe place." Yeah, um, even when I want I want to strangle like. Everybody around me and don't want to go to my (laughs) next meeting. uh, Want to write my resignation letter today? No God, like my safe place and restore my heart today. And I I think all it takes is one of those leaders or pastors in a church to then breed two or three or eight or fifteen, and and now you have a church that can that can light the city, right? And be so there's yeah I guess there is hope on the other side of that coin. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I believe there is. And, you know, that's why I think that's why you and I are still doing what we're doing. You know, it, it, um, you know, you can't have gone through the things that we've gone through and still, you know, still go back to it, you know, unless you have some sort of, you know, psychopathy or, you know, you're pathological and just need to be abused. But, um, uh, you know, and that, that's, that could be a thing. Um, yeah. but I, I think what, what keeps me coming back, I think what keeps you coming back and, and a lot of other people that, that, you know, that I've talked to and that, you know, um, yeah, it is, there's, there's still this little kernel of hope that it can be, it can be better than what we've experienced. Um, yeah, and so, yeah. so yeah, that, that's yeah.
1: a, and, and, that that's my story. At the end of the day, that kind of saved that kind of saved my life to a degree. Five years ago, yeah, it just took one. It just took one guy, a couple guys. I mean, the the, the guy I mentioned earlier, Dennis, was one of them, mm-hmm. and then and then my pastor to this day, Scotty Priest, yeah, was, was a guy that um that just extended such an incredible amount of grace to me, yeah, and and helped me believe again, yeah. Um, you know, that my soul was worth caring for
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and that God really, that God wasn't done with me. Yeah. And, uh, I, man, I, I wouldn't be sitting here getting a chance to talk to you. I probably wouldn't actually even know you if it, if it weren't for God bringing him into, into my yeah. life. Let's
0: yeah. well, let's, let's not blame God for us getting to know each other. That's that's
1: uh, actually true. That's, that's all. Our yeah. Own fault.
0: yeah. God's probably up there going like, Nope. <laughs>
1: Never intended for you guys yep, to. Be.
0: That was whoopsie. Um, <laughs> uh, gosh, I'm a heretic. Um, so, so I, I, you know, your relationship with with Scotty. That's I'm assuming that's how you ended up at Journey. Um, tell us a little yeah. bit about uh, kind of you know, briefly your your road there and um, your yeah. journey to
1: Journey. Um, yeah. and a
0: little bit about what you guys are doing uh, down in Castle Rock at journey church
1: yeah so 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 Scotty was one of the first dudes that i met actually i met him i think in 2012 in denver and um really you know we were he was doing his thing i was we were doing our thing and but he just just was a guy that i always thought man any chance i get to you know grab lunch with him and hang out with him i'm gonna i'm gonna say yes yeah For the first few years, we would just, you know, we would see each other like once a year and just do like a little catch up. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like you and I, you know, with our standing meeting on Tuesdays and Thursdays. um, Well, and,
0: and, well, and the hours of, I mean, the hours of prayer that we spend, you know, and, and I just, I mean.
1: Together. They say say it's intimate. It it is, it is, it's,
0: it's sort of a David and Jonathan thing. I want to say, you know. um where you know uh, or is that just when you're firing arrows at me i don't don't know it's uh, yeah it's that's starting to scare me a little bit it's mostly the way that you laugh as i'm running away and you're drawing (laughs) the book anyway um
1: (laughs) so yeah the most
0: most dangerous game um
1: that's right Uh, yeah anyway no no this is so good you know, we could. You need a spinoff of your of your podcast. <laughs> you, need, you need the. Uh, you need just a pure banter spinoff. Just
0: straight it, up.
1: Off it, yeah. the rails. It's the just whatever. Right? I I can follow you. I can follow you down that David and Jonathan <laughs> arrow road, and, and not feel uh, like yeah. like um uh, your your listeners, <laughs> but um. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. So, so, so then it was just so, it was so random. It was such a God thing, man. We're, we're, it was 2016 hmm. might've been the latter part of 2015. And I had, I had, I was about a year removed from, from a divorce hmm. and had gone through just a year of, of not being in church and, and just hmm. trying to heal and a lot of therapy. Just a, a lot, of, again, for the first time in my life, a lot of just attention to my own heart mm. uh, and soul and just trying to grow. And really, I mean, man, hard work. I mean, honestly, yeah. hard work coming face to face with with brokenness that I that I was aware of and brokenness that I wasn't aware yeah. of. Mm. And just took a lot of time and still takes time yep. to, to work through, right? Yeah. Um, And then right right kind of in the middle of that season as I was just as I was just kind of allowing my heart to believe again Mm -hmm. that I could you know that I could land on my feet possibly, um, I end up running in to to Scotty. Nice. And um, and true to form, man, he's like, dude, we need to hang out. Come come Mm -hmm. down, come down a journey, just come spend some time with us, come. You know, let us make, let us be a part of your, your healing journey, if you will, your mm-hmm. story, let us love on you. You know, and that's language. You know, you don't, you're not always used to hearing that from, mm-hmm. you know, right from a type A driven level five leader, pastor guy, you don't, right. you don't, at least in my, in my life,
0: yeah.
1: I have not heard a lot of senior pastors talk like that. Let us love on you. Let right. us just, just surround you. And right. so that man, that was like a bomb for me. I mean, it really was. It was well, exactly what I needed it, when I needed it.
0: Yeah, well, especially for a for a worship leader, you know, like like you said, it, it, it's so rare to to sit down with a pastor, or especially a senior pastor, like you said, high level leader who's just you know running after this vision and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, someone comes across their radar who could potentially do something for me, like you know, like <laughs> yes, oh yeah. Do so you lead worship? Do you? Mm, yeah. Well, like, have we got a deal for you? And all of a sudden you're into that, you know, you're into that again, that business of like, okay, you're the it's, it's, it's very transactional, you know, like you, as Scotty had an opportunity to look at you and say like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to pour into Mark, but simply for the purpose of getting him to come lead worship a journey. Like the fact that he said to you, like, come and just, just be a part of what we're, you know, just be a part of us, you know, and yeah. I had a similar experience with, with the guys at new Denver, you know, it's like they, it was the first time I had ever heard a pastor say to me, Brian, we just want you here because you're Brian, you know? And I, I think I've probably told this story on another episode, but that was, I, I don't even think I can express how much that just, that broke my heart yeah uh, in a good way you know uh, it, it it broke open a lot of really hard things that i had been feeling about the church and so i i'm I, yeah I, I that is a i love that that's part of your story and that that, that is part of of i think that's what makes you so I I hesitate to use this word, but, but makes you so effective, I guess, at what you do at, at journey is because yeah, you were, you are a part of the community first. You weren't just an asset, you know, you were, you were a valued member of that body as opposed to just like, yeah, you, you weren't, you weren't some mercenary hired gun. Like, yeah, he he's, He's kick-ass vocalist and worship leader, so we're just going to bring him in and and just plug and play. You know, it was be, be like come and learn what it means to heal and be part of, be, have part of your healing be part of this community. You know, I think that's that's just a beautiful yeah. thing, and again, extremely rare. Um, so I'm, so I keep interrupting you. I'd love to love
1: to. Oh, that's so, so well said. I mean, but it's actually like I'm, um, I'm really enjoying getting your. Perspective on it too, right? Because oh. you, you you've sort of witnessed witnessed it from you know from 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 a different perspective, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's really cool because I now I reflect back on it and I realize you know that approach too that he took it also helped like actually cultivate a friendship, mm. right? Yeah. Like so, I loved what you said earlier about how it didn't you know we didn't get off to this sort of transactional mm. beginning yeah to our relationship it was it was we had every opportunity to cultivate a relationship and a friendship and 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 i I, you know so off and on for the better part of a year i would i would maybe fill in or you know sit in when 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 the worship leader was gone or something like that but um but what but what was really happening is i was just i was just getting a a a belief in the vision of the church instilled Mm in me and and more specifically a belief in the leader of the church and i was just really starting to like the dude yeah Um, and um, you know came to the point where then in the summer i think of 17 um uh, the previous worship leader had had left journey and there were all these kind of weird circumstances around it and scotty calls me into his office one day with the executive pastor and they they kind of like started to tell the story hey we, have, we need you to fill in and kind of here's what's happened and i just stopped him and said dude i don't care hmm. you know as, as as soon as he started to, to to want to explain again out of respect for sure. me so sure. you know, here's if we're going to ask him to step into a to an interim worship leader role we need to tell him kind of what's gone down and so I appreciated that, but as, as soon as he he felt like he needed to explain yeah. what what had happened, I just said, "Buddy, I don't care." Yeah, and and he just kind of laughed, and, and and it's like we both knew in that moment, oh, we're friends. Yeah, it, it was it was really it was a cool thing. I would actually never experienced that with a senior pastor before. Mm. This kind of moment of oh. You know him realizing I don't actually have to explain myself to this dude. Right. He, he actually loves me and trusts me and trusts my heart. Yeah, and and saying I don't even want you to explain yourself because I love you and trust your heart. Yeah, uh, at that moment we we knew there was a chance some good stuff could happen.
0: Yeah, well oh, that's a beautiful place to be, especially with a senior pastor, because yeah. uh, I I know that relationship can get strained sometimes too between. You know, the worship leader and the senior pastor, and that will be another episode.
1: Um, I, I wanna, uh, what, huh? Are there stories of strained relationships? Well, I see, well, maybe I don't, could be, you know, we'll explore that next time you have me. Yeah,
0: some, somewhere down the line that that has probably happened to somebody. Um, Hey, you know, I, I, I've talked to you about this and, and by talk to you about it, I mean like, you know, earlier uh, today uh, or this evening before we started recording. Um, one of the things that I really admire about the way that you lead your ministry down there um, is, is the way that you relate to and care for your team of musicians um, there at, at journey. And I, you know, you've mentioned, I've, I've been down there to lead several times and, and have been able to play with, with your team, um, that you have down there and, and you have some phenomenal players. You've recruited some great people. Um, but they, one of the things that, that always strikes me when I'm talking to them, you know, between services or, or while we're waiting for, um, you know, while we're waiting for Scotty to quit yammering on about Jesus, um, <laughs> that guy, um, <laughs> you know is is almost every single time a story comes up of like yeah so we were uh yeah we were all hanging out at mark's place and you know smoking cigars and 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 you know hanging out and just chilling and 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 having a good time and i'm like like you because i again introvert you know, and and I I I'm very you know careful about my space and all that kind of stuff. But so that's that's something that that I've never I've never been very good at is is finding a way to relate to my team on a personal level. It's something I'm really working on um, right now in, in my time at, at New Denver, and and I think that you're a you know you're a bit of an inspiration for that. Um, but kind of talk to me about your philosophy. Um, of, of, you know, volunteer care, team care, that kind of thing. Cause I, I, that is, that's not something that I hear a lot and, and I hear it every time that I'm down there with your guys is like, yeah, we were hanging out with Mark and, you know, Mark called us and we did this gathering and we did this thing. And, and so I, I would love to hear your philosophy and your insight on how you care for your team, uh, down there and how you relate to them in such a, just such a great way.
1: Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And don't sell yourself short, dude. Everyone I've ever met that mentions you, they say they love they love you. So you're doing something right. Wow, thank you. Uh, No, thank you for the question. Yeah, it's. um, I think it's just where my heart's at. Mm. That that's that's really that's the thing for me right now. uh, Is that I feel like what is happening in. What is happening in the church in this city? And you and you see it where you serve, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we see it where we serve. It is, it is, it is really, really big. Um, mm-hmm. The opportunity to to meet, to really meet people where they are, um, yeah. whether whether it's like um, you know a hurting faith, a broken faith, a new faith, no faith, right, uh, anti faith. <laughs> um but, but meeting meeting them where they are and, and and people genuinely seeing an expression of the heart of God. It, it I don't I don't know if you just feel this and sense this, but it just feels so big mm. right now. The opportunity, mm-hmm. the ground feels so fertile. Yeah. And so I am constantly looking at our team and 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 saying big things to them. Yeah. big ideas, hmm. um, and, and, and asking them to be the, the biggest and most badass version of themselves that they've ever been in their life. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like I can't speak those words to them if, mm-hmm. if they don't, if they don't believe in how much I, I care about them yeah. I love them. Hmm. That, that's kind of, where it is and, and 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 but along the way like that's a beautiful cycle all you have to do is enter into it at any point sure right all yeah. you have to do is enter into the cycle of relationship building right. soul nurturing caring for hearts caring about people growing into the best version of themselves the best leader they can be right. um, if you enter into that at any point it it feeds itself yeah like and, and i know you've seen it yeah. i know you've seen it because you've experienced it you've lived it you've led yeah. things like that and that's and that's where it was for me all i had to do was get a taste mm. of how to of how to how to build a ministry like truly relationally yeah and once i got a taste of it i i couldn't imagine doing it any other way yeah. um it became revolting to me this idea of seeing uh, talented musicians as commodities,
0: mm. uh.
1: um, and and it ju- that just actually became really sickening to me. Yeah, um, I looked back on some of my early years in ministry with a lot of shame. um mm-hmm. In my twenties, early thirties, how I would how I would look at a person and see their talent first, yep, and, and just not see their heart, yeah, and. Uh, care more about what they could do for our ministry than I cared about their story, their children, their wife, their husband, whoever it might've been. And, um, I just kind of had this moment where I said, never again, let's just not, let's just not go there ever again. Why would we, what an empty and ultimately fruitless way to, to leave your ministry. Yeah. Oh. so they just step by step, you know, I think the first thing is, yeah, you enter into that, you, you step into that as scary as it might be because it does, it does really just expose the real you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had to, I had to face the reality as, you know, as you're inviting people over to your home and you're spending intimate time with people, I had to just kind of face reality that they may not actually like me and that, you know, <laughs>
0: okay. Im- impossible. <laughs>
1: with that you know <laughs> um but it it just became kind of uh if we go back and borrow that word from earlier it, it did actually become intoxicating yeah. to start to see um a ministry and a, a creative team grow in their affection for one another yeah appreciation yeah.
0: for one another. yeah yeah I, I, and i yeah. I, I share, I share that guilt that you mentioned, you know, of, of looking at, you know, the people on your team, uh, uh, you know, as, as commodities and yeah, I mean, I've even had, I've had people even, even tell me to my face, well, not to my face in emails, um, which is the, you know, it's the, the face, that you, it's the face. Of, yeah. It's the face of the 21st century is, is, yep. email. um, you know, and, and, and say like, yeah, I I don't feel like you ever valued me as a person. You only valued me for what I could do. You know, you only ever call me when you need me to play, you know, you only ever, you know, send me an, an email or a text message. And even right now I'm thinking of like three people that I haven't, you know, called or talked to in, you know, since the last time I played music with them, you know, and it's like, uh,
1: all right, so that's
0: that's super. No
1: emails are hard to get, right? Like, I mean, it's hard to right. you get an email like like, like that. And I mean, and, and you never, you know, you never, you never call me unless you want me to play. And I mean, and you want to just say, well, that's because I don't like you. But, <laughs> but you, know, you can't really say that because <laughs> that's not soul care.
0: No, that so, is not. That is not. And the thing is, is uh, you know. I taking taking that time, you know, you might actually find things, you know, that you have in common and things that you enjoy about, you know, each other and and all that kind of stuff. But it takes time. And that's the thing, like, because time is so precious and because, you know, a lot of our time is spent. Uh, at least in in the least healthy models of ministry, like so much of your time is spent just focusing on the weekend, you know, or focusing on the program that you forget to to really relate to and enjoy the people that you're doing it with, and yeah. and and man, yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you, like the 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 I'm going mean, to use a really cool word, the cats you have playing down there, um, and and singing down there, like I mean, it it is i mean some of them some some of them i knew before you know before i ever came down in there and played but guys like johnny um you know dave uh you know the uh neil guys that play bass for you who are just phenomenal players but they're also just super great people and it's yeah. just fun to be around them you know like yeah they play music you know like monsters but like, it's just fun. Like, you know, even uh, that, that was going to sound awful. Even Morgan, you know, she's so much, you know, e- even she's cool. Um, God, I hope she listens to this at some point. Um, <laughs> she will.
1: I got your back. But, you, I
0: but you. yeah, I just, you know, there there's again, and, and part of that I think is credit to you because you've laid a lot of groundwork, you know, in terms of building those relationships. But, but also I think it's just, yeah, the, that's the environment that they're used to. And so it's not it's not hard for a stranger to come in and and just all of a sudden like, oh wait, these people are really nice and cool. Um, and so uh, so yeah, it, it takes a lot of that that fear out. and and honestly, I think you know is even for new people rolling into your team and stuff like that, it is gonna make that that a safer, easier place for people to land because you've because you've already done that hard work and put in that, that relational infrastructure with your people. Um, and so yeah man, I just you you are
1: no, thank you so much. You're really man. Good at, so. Thank you so much. That that is that's so cool to hear. And they always love it too when you come in getting to play with you. And I think that's the dynamic that the street goes both ways. Like like if you can have an environment where a visitor comes in you know a guest worship leader if you will like yourself and 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 both parties really really enjoy one another hmm. i i think that is a good sign of your culture yeah right yeah and so that's that's really encouraging to hear you say that you know we 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 pride ourselves i use that word loosely but we pride ourselves in, in kind of having a team of, of individuals who take what they do really really seriously mm-hmm. but but we don't take ourselves too seriously. Right. Yeah. I think that's that magic. That's like a potion, right? Oh, it, is, yeah. it is so effective and it's, it creates a dynamic where laughter just abounds, yep. just giggles and belly laughs yeah. all the time. Yeah, you, you just don't have to be worried about, you can, you can dig on your buddy. They can dig on you and right. you just laugh. Oh And, yeah. and at the end of the day, that ribbon and that dig you know, do, does actually produce growth? Oh <laughs> so sure, sure. And you're like, "Geez, Dave, Dave told me that I suck today. I'm going <laughs> to go like work but, but you have fun." But, in
0: but he voice. said it in <laughs> love. He said it you in did. love. So
1: he uh, in that just uh, just golden, soft Dave voice, and I right. received it. Well, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's fun, man, and I and yeah. it's it's thank you for saying for saying all that it's it's really encouraging to hear from your perspective that mm. you have seen and felt and even experienced yeah um on, on multiple occasions just i guess that love that genuineness that that yeah. we're always trying to fight for Yeah, and i that, maybe that'd be the last thing i would say about that that topic is that it is you, you can never stop contending for it right right because it's it's there's always going to, you know, our human nature is always going to drift us kind of away from the authenticity, away from the genuineness, away from the love, the, the, the true kind of kindness, the extending grace to one another when we're yeah. frustrated with each other. Like there's always going to be a drift away from yeah. that because um, of our human nature. So you just always daily, weekly mm-hmm. contending for your culture. Yep. Yeah. Um, and if you do that, it'll, 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 it will stand. It'll always be there.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think that, that the, you know, the, the pandemic and, and the shutdown and, and the separation that we've experienced, um, you know, when, when churches had to, you know, had to take a break and, and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're either just leading worship by yourself on a, on a stream or you're having to record things in pieces from a distance and all that, like in a way, it's it's a a little bit of a curse because i think like may there there's the potential that a lot of that hard work and a lot of that groundwork that you laid could sort of erode just a little bit because you haven't been as close with one another but also in in some ways like how much sweeter is it gonna be you know or has it been you know you guys have been doing you know uh in-person stuff you're in a different because you're in a different county that doesn't care about people um but uh doesn't care about you know public health but um <laughs> but, you know like there, that yeah, you know, like you said, that, that doesn't necessarily go away. You still have that connection. And so you can come back and you can pick up where you left off, but it's also an opportunity for someone like me who hasn't been as good about, you know, laying that infrastructure and and, and putting those things in place to be able to sort of hit the reset button and say, and that, that is one of my goals for this year is, is to be, be more like Mark. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> And, and, you know, I'm, I've, I've got, you know, some, some hair thickener that's on the way, um, some flat bill caps um, that are, that I'm going to, uh, that yeah. i start wearing. Stained. Um, Stained, way around. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, no, but I, I do that's, that's something that has become, especially after, you know, post COVID as we all start to come back together and, you know, we blink our eyes in the sunlight and it's like, Oh wait, there's a real world out here and there are real people. Um, that's something that, that I really want to work toward is is making those connections beyond just like, Hey, we play music together. You're a good, you know, you're a good guitar player. So yeah, come on. And you can be my friend on Sundays for an hour and then, you know, I'm going to forget about you the rest of the week. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to do that anymore either. So, um, so yeah, you've been, you've been inspiring to me, but I thought that would be helpful for other worship leaders to hear too. Um, Just in terms of like, yeah, you don't have to be, you don't have to be afraid of making those connections and, and, and making that, you know, making those relationships work. Cause it, it does make, it just deepens the experience. I think it deepens the experience of worship for people too. Like they can tell, when yeah, the people right. on stage are connected, they can tell when right. when they're all moving toward the same, like when they're all going in the same direction, you know. And that only happens with relationship. So yeah, man.
1: dude, I'm so stoked for you. You're gonna crush 21. Well, well, we'll see. You're, you're gonna grow some hair. You said <laughs> you're grow some hair. Yeah. I'm just gonna transplant the beard
0: up to that is
1: up to the top of my head. That so is a magnificent beard. That's yeah, the, that's well. I can't do the beard. It's just squat. You know, can't do it. A lot of grape. Yeah. A lot of grape popping out enough. these days. So just not manly enough. Oh. No, it's so exciting to hear you talk about that because I, I just I just I'm excited for you. I want to get more time with oh. you yeah. personally and selfishly. I do. But I think that I think the things that that it becomes easy to forget that the things that like you're good at. You know what I mean the things yeah. that that naturally already draw people to you as a leader yeah. um, that's that's really if if you're always just leading from that place, you just can't go wrong. like right. one, one thing I realized early on is I, I need to I need to be honest with my teammates about the things that I deeply care about. yeah like there's no such thing as like keeping that stuff personal like right. no if I I care about it, and I share my heart, like share what I care about. Yep. As long as I don't care about really stupid things, then people people are gonna they're gonna learn to trust me, right? Yeah. Yep. As long as you. A-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm curious now, Mark. What what would be a stupid thing to care about? Would you care to? <laughs> share with our audience what you think is a stupid camera
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like I, my mind's all over the place right now no, man, I, it's all
0: right it is
1: some barrel proof right now so but, uh,
0: there you go <laughs> oh man well it's it's getting late um man thank you for for sharing your story sharing your wisdom uh sharing your passion uh, for what you do, uh, your passion for, for God and for leading, you know, his church in worship. It's, uh, man, you are, uh, I'm just, I'm so glad that we met. Um, and I'm, I'm super grateful to you for, uh, for taking the time to come on and, and, and talk to me about this stuff. And, and yeah, it has been too long since we've gotten together. Uh, and so hopefully we can, we can do that real soon. Um, but, uh, But yeah, is there, is there anything, um, you have like music out? Do you have stuff that you, that you've done? I know that, um, Johnny had reached out to me early on in the pandemic about like, you know, getting, you know, rights for cover songs and things like that. You guys were going to be working on a kind of a, an album for your church to help support your musicians while things were kind of shut down. Um, I I feel like I saw your name pop up on my Spotify feed somewhere
1: i think why he was reaching out to you is because we we wrote a song and then when i laid down the scratch vocal for it johnny was like dude i i think you should have brian sing this song for you because it would just no. sound so
0: much no that was not how that conversation yeah.
1: went no it'll be fun and i need to pick your brain sometime because yeah we're 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 working on um you know journey's first worship album okay. right now we want to release that in march uh, awesome. We have written the title track for it, a song called Hollywood, okay. and uh, which is um, it's it's about to kind of go to the final mixing phase. So we're awesome. just we're just praying over that. We've been introducing it, kind of seeding it a little bit in mm-hmm. some prayer meetings that okay. we've been doing. Okay, so just to, just to see if you know how sometimes you know you write a song. Well, I always say there's like those three categories of songs, right? You write you write a song, and you just immediately know it's garbage and then you right. go cry for a day about it and then you write a song and you and you actually think it's awesome but then you realize it's garbage it was gar- and then there's this song <laughs> that you write and you think it's really great and then and then lo and behold god's spirit just kind of covers yeah. the thing and and it actually ministers to the hearts of people and so we've yeah. been we've been kind of using these more intimate prayer Prayer and worship gatherings; these small, like we're talking fifty to eighty people in a room. We've been using that setting as a as a little bit of a proving ground for okay. our original music to awesome. see if there's if there's a depth right to it, if there's kind mm-hmm. of a spiritual voice that gets heard and emerges through the songs. Okay. Um, so we're yeah, we're excited about this one tune in particular and a couple other that Rachel's okay. written a song, Morgan's written a song. It's awesome. it's really it's really fun right now. So. Okay. We have a lot of questions for for your yeah. production brain here soon and we'll have to we'll have to get together production brain oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. or maybe uh, maybe like your licensing brain apparently like you, oh you,
0: no i we made my band made like one cover album and so i knew like i knew a website where you can obtain rights you know for for those songs yeah. So, uh, yep. so yeah it was a yeah, anyway yeah well man um once we once that comes out, I'll, I'll make sure we uh, we tell people about it, and uh, definitely be telling people about Journey Church. Um, and uh, man, you are you're just a, a stand up dude. And keep uh, keep doing the good work. And um, yeah, I just I love you, love what you're doing, and and keep to talk to you again. We'll have we'll definitely have you back because I'm sure there's a lot more that we can uh, that we can unpack together um, to help. Oh. Can't yeah,
1: wait! Thank you so much. Love you, buddy.
0: You bet, man. All right, talk soon.
1: Okay, see you.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, that was Mark Grutus. Grutas, Um He we joked before we recorded the episode that there's about 50 ways that you can say his last name. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mark is, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful to him for, for taking the time, uh, to do that interview. I hope that you were encouraged, um, to start finding ways, uh, to, to connect with your team. Um, but also finding ways to just, you know, press into your story, press into the difficult times, um, you know, really lean into the good times as well. Um, and, and don't forget that you are ultimately there to relate to people and serve the people that you've been called to serve in your church. Um, We'll be uh, back on a regular schedule here with the with the Chasing Sunday podcast. So uh, be sure to subscribe and uh, leave us some uh, some love on the Apple Podcasts as well in the form of a a comment or a review, uh, and tell your friends. We're getting some uh, some good traction that way as well. Um, had uh, a worship leader reach out to us say Hey, I heard about your podcast from my sister, and and it was really encouraging. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Uh, so keep spreading the word. <clears throat> If you've got a friend or a a family member who uh, is in the trenches of ministry and needs some help, Let them know that Torn Curtain is out there and we exist uh, for them and that uh, we make stuff like this to help encourage uh, people like that. So um, Torn Curtain Arts produces uh, Chasing Sunday. Our executive producer is Paul Romaglevitt, who also happens to be the president of Torn Curtain Arts. Uh, Our music was uh, produced and composed by Danny Burton, um, and you can find out more about him on our website, torncurtainarts.org thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode for you. Take care.